I think, guys, obviously, okay, so you have the element of I'm getting thoughts that I really don't want. I don't want to have these hateful or envious or jealous or lustful thoughts, but they're coming into my mind. They they can come in at any time. I I, I can't stop them, so to speak. We talked about how how you know we can handle it in part when when they do come. But don't you guys think mm-hmm. that how? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, are we going to get through this podcast? <laughs> Welcome to the third podcast today. <laughs> uh, but don't don't you guys really think that? we can also do things that can minimize these kinds of thoughts Absolutely. and fuel good thoughts instead? Yes. Cram your mind with the Word of God. It's called the eye roll. It's called the deep sigh. It's called the how do I give people the impression that I'm in no way associated with this guy syndrome. It's <laughs> called what my wife does every time I call someone by the wrong name. Which is often, Oscar. No, in you fact, don't. You're no, very me? good at remembering people's names. <laughs> in fact, Oscar, I think on the last podcast you're talking about how I always butcher people's names. But look, I have a deep passion to memorize people's names. Yes, and that sometimes is my problem, right? Because I remember people's names, but then I'm so convinced I remembered that person's name that I call them some other name. I've done that a lot. Oh, oh wow! I am, and uh, my poor wife, because I'm like, oh hey, John, how you doing? It's like uh, I'm George. No, no, <laughs> and Rachel. Her wants name's that. Mary. That's yeah. a girl. <laughs> I intentionally use the wrong name on people when they feel like they're getting a little too chummy with me. Really? Just to make sure they know that uh, I just don't to, really care. Just to kind of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm terrible at this. Just yesterday, I was down at the stables. You know, my wife trains horses, and she was giving a horse a haircut, which is a new thing for me. But I met this lady, and I'm like, oh, it was great meeting you. And she's like, you've met her before. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. oh my bad. The worst is we had a new neighbor move in. And so anyways, it's like three weeks and, and, uh, I'm outside and I walk back in. I'm like, Oh, I just met her new neighbor. And she's like, who? I'm like the one that's uh, over there. I said, hi. I said, my name's Oscar. Welcome neighborhood. She's like, you met him. We were in their backyard a week ago. <laughs> so, wait, okay, so, so anyway, all of it, don't feel bad about it. Does it get I, worse <laughs> with age? How do you handle it? Right? Because I come across that mm. all the time as we all do. And I just say, Hey, have we met before? Yeah, and they say yes. I've stayed the night at your house. You know, what do you do? How? What <laughs> you is the ra- proper you way raised to respond? Me. Well, you know, <laughs> I? I, you you start to learn some things. I think because one of the things that I used to do wrong is like I'd meet. You know, we have a pretty large church. I mean, it's twelve hundred people or so. That's a lot of people, and there's a couple different services, and so so sometimes I'll be talking to someone, and they'll you know I want to almost say, "Oh, are you new here?" And I've done that before. Mm. And it's like, I've been here for many years. So now I just simply ask if that, you know, if the conversation leans that way, I just ask, hey, how long have you been here at Kindred? Yeah. You know? Oh, that's a good way. And uh, that makes a difference. But, you know, honestly, I think it's authenticity. We talked in the last podcast about being man pleasers, you know, and I know we're trying not to hurt people, not to make them feel bad, but I think people appreciate it sometimes when we go, you know what, I, I really sometimes struggle with remembering names. I do meet a lot of people. What, what, can you please tell me your name again? You know, I just call people thingy. <laughs> thingy. thingy my jigger. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Thingy. But, you know, one of the things that helps me is I, I keep files in my notes where I write people's names do down. Do you really? Yeah. And that really, that really helps me, whether it's neighbors or, you know, people. Am I on that list? I don't even know who you, <laughs> who you are. <laughs> It'd be really funny if it was like 
you know, like Oscar Navarro, chubby Mexican, works, work with me. <laughs> Have you been looking at my phone? I see, I knew it. <laughs> I knew. You've been looking. But you know, do you guys do things that drive your wives just, just crazy and make them want to escape and run Breathe. away? Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. But are there things, seriously, that like you do that, that uh, I think you were saying on the last podcast, something that drives... Uh, Kelly mad. Just this morning she woke up and she's like, I had the worst night of sleep. I'm like, why? She's like, because you were pushing me off the bed, which is funny because in the middle of the night I was like, oh man, I'm going to, I just really want Kelly to feel loved tonight. And so I'm just going to keep cuddling her. <laughs> she was trying to get away from me <laughs> and I kept grabbing her in the middle of the night trying to cuddle her. So yeah, cuddling my wife apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, you? I think I've attained to the level where I don't. <laughs> Boy, where to begin with that? Yeah, my wife puts up with so much. Your I've, humor, probably, Mark. Maybe sometimes you take it a little too far. No, and my wife like, gets me. She understands all of that. I, I, she doesn't like it when I fake heart attacks and things like that. So I, I don't do that anymore. Ray has taught me a, a thing or two you, that you can get away with maybe once. Mm. You know, sneak into bed very quietly and then rip the blanket off of her. Oh, she doesn't yeah. like that. No, 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 no. You, you don't explain it. There's actually a law of nature where if you flip a blanket. The the energy goes to the other side, and the other side flips with 10 times as much flip as you flipped it with, and it goes right <laughs> off your wife and leaves her just lying there without a blanket. And it really works. And the other one is when, <laughs> it really works. And when a woman yawns, just put your finger in the mouth. Oh, I do that to Kelly. Oh, I do that to Rachel. Just, don't, just don't do it. I, I told a friend, and he couldn't stop doing it to his wife and just, <laughs> just about caused a divorce. Yeah, I fish yeah. up Kelly all the time, and she's like, you always ruin my best yawns. Yeah. Well, that's I a bad one Ray. you taught me there, Ray. I, I, I didn't mean to teach. I was just explaining. Yeah, you taught me very, very well. I used to love scaring Kelly. I would hide. We talked about this when we were out to dinner. I would hide and I'd scare her. And the great thing about Kelly is that when she gets genuinely scared, she immediately bursts into laughter, which brought me joy because my wife was laughing. But then she started threatening me that she was going to carry her gun around the house <laughs> if I kept scaring her. So I don't, yeah. I don't scare her anymore. That's wise. You know, I... I didn't grow up with younger sisters. Like most most boys, they torment their, their younger sisters and play tricks on them. I didn't have a younger sister. I was the youngest of five. My sisters were older. But I would kind of torment my mom. I remember one time I was in my room doing something and I called my mom. And what I did was I, I lay on the ground and I took an iron and I put it on my chest. And I put out my <laughs> arms like I was dead and stuck my tongue out of my mouth. <laughs> my mom walked in. She freaked out. I was a bad son. Yes. You guys never did anything like that to your moms? Oh, so to many moms? things. Yeah. Oh, 100%. One who bore us? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have to learn, Mark. Yeah. Anyhow, friends, uh, here is a comment from Kirsten Pnu. <laughs> K-I-R-S-T-E-N-P-N-W. 10 out of 10. Love the content and the truth you guys put out. From good laughs to sound truth, this show feels like a breath of fresh air. Keep it up. Also, Wheezy, great job on all the jarring transitions. Keep the atmosphere lighthearted with some hard topics. Yeah. Whatever. Jarring, that's for sure. (laughs) We do what we can. This podcast is brought to you by What Your Nose Shows Book. Ray, $5 if you can tell me what that's all about. Yeah, Ray. Oscar will, Ritter? No, I'm saying Oscar will pay you $5. If you, <laughs> you know what's so funny, Ray? I mean, is, uh, last night, Rachel was reading it to our grandson, Haddon. Aww. 
And she goes, this is such a good book. Like, she's like, this is amazing. It's the first time she's ever read one of your books. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she, I mean, seriously, I mean, Haddon was mesmerized oh. by it. And you remember, Ray, that book came about because you and I were in the airport in Germany on the way to India, and or on the way back, I can't remember, but... I, we on started, the way back would be better. Yeah, we started rhyming. I don't know, we were just sitting on our toes, for, we were just exhausted out of our minds, and then you just that gave birth to that book. We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and a podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. Yeah, inspired. To write yeah. a book on noses because noses are just incredible things when you think about them. They're just stuck in the middle of the face. And <laughs> what yeah. are they, right? Yeah, what are they? And if they're up the other way, we're all drowned in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Can you imagine someone born with their nose upside down? I wonder yeah, what's happened. Yeah, I mean, terrible. Yeah. So, anyway, friends, what your nose shows book along with the evidence study Bible and at livingwaters.com. That book is a children's book, it's it's poem. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. It's for kids, and uh, it's got great illustrations. Colorful. Oh, Do you know who did that? Cedric. Who did those? Oh, oh was Cedric? it Cedric? Oh, wow. Cedric Honstadt? Is that mm-hmm. his last name? Great. He Phenomenal artist. He does some big work, too, in the world. So Check it out, friends. Oh, yeah. Cedric was behind the uh, the Good Person uh, comic. He too. actually illustrated it. Yeah. He wasn't just behind it. Yeah. yeah. In front of it, behind it, and on <laughs> it. Yeah. So make sure to check those out, friends, along with the Evidence Study Bible at Living Water. Dot com. All right. Can't you just speak normally? Have you? If met you were him? drowning, how would you call that help? Help it? me, please! Help me, please! <laughs> what do you always say? Help, help, help me, help me. That's <laughs> Texas. That's Texas. Yeah, guys, how to deal with unwanted thoughts? Boy, yeah, guys, ever think about thoughts? Like, there's times I get tripped out because I go, okay, I just thought a thought. <laughs> is that really real? Like, there's times I'll, I, you know, I recite a lot of scripture. Uh, I've memorized different books and I review them regularly and I do it in my mind. And it's like, like, is that really happening? How do I know that's happening? Am Questioning I, your own consciousness? Man. It's better not to think about thoughts because if you start <laughs> thinking about thoughts, you just get tied in little knots because what is a thought? It's a silent voice. Seriously. And that's an oxymoron, a silent voice. voice. Yeah. If anything would be spiritual, it's a thought. It's invisible. You can't hear it or see it, but you and I hear it. We can even see thoughts in our mind. We get images. And it really just brings us back to how fearfully and wonderfully we're Mm. made. Seriously. I mean, the whole realm of being able to reason, to think, to imagine, to envision. I mean, sometimes I'll see a product that I'm like, how in the world? But somehow, some way, that was conceived in someone's mind. You know, a movie that someone sat down and reasoned through. And what's crazy is now with with technology, 
they're, they're able to kind of translate your thoughts. I mean, there was someone that I saw who couldn't, they were quadriplegic, I think. They were actually typing from their thoughts. Mm. It's coming. That's crazy. What's that all about, Oscar? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. You don't you, have any thoughts on it? No thoughts whatsoever. Uh, yeah, I think, I think. The, I mean, ultimately we're talking about the conscious and where it lies and, and what it means. As you were talking, you know, I just got convicted because just this morning, I feel like my thoughts are often a window into the the parts of my heart that I'm that I don't realize, you mm-hmm. know. And sometimes my thoughts are to God's glory and goodness, and those are the ones I like to share with people. And other times my thoughts are conceited and selfish and um, highly egotistical, uh, and just the human. Yeah. And just this morning, I was at I was at the gym, and um, there was somebody there that was kind of. Their, their presence was, I, I'm, this is a confession, their presence was getting on my nerves mm. uh, because this so person- So he's down to that gym? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, now I know how we feel, Oscar. <laughs> yeah, I apologize, yeah. Uh, they, you know, there's there's certain gym etiquette that you should have. And and so, you know, I was just, I was just like, oh man, this person, like this girl needs to get out of here. Like she's, you know, she's just not following gym etiquette and she's clearly rarely comes. And then I'm done with my workout and I'm leaving and, and I hear my name and I turn around and it's, I didn't realize who it was because I wasn't paying that close attention. It's your wife. This... <laughs> <laughs> Kelly? <laughs> no, but this is somebody who's asked for prayer in our neighborhood. And, and like I know, and so then it was like, how, how selfish of me to be like, what, like I own this place? Like uh, I determine how you should act at a gym, like what you weren't in line with how, what I was expecting of you. And so, yeah, I mean, our thoughts are often windows into what's going on in our hearts. Mm. And sometimes our, our thoughts are reason to repent. Wow. Yeah, you know, sin is, uh, it doesn't just start with sin. It starts with a thought. I remember uh, Chuck Swindell saying, you sow a thought. You reap an action, sow an action, reap a habit, sow a habit, reap a character, sow a character, reap a destiny. Mm. But it all begins with that thought, that initial, what are you going to think about? And if you're not meditating upon truth through God's word, you're going to believe lies are true. So we need to be careful what we daydream about, right? So if you start daydreaming about, man, if I could hit the lottery, what would you, and your mind just starts wandering down a pointless, futile direction that it shouldn't head, well... No wonder why you become unproductive and you end up carrying out sinful actions and you become jealous uh, towards other people. Now, if you're going to meditate, meditate on those things which are from above, you know, that are pure and trustworthy and peaceful and all of the other things that are part of that. So we must set our mind on those things above, even when nobody is paying attention. Because every sinful action, it starts with a thought. And while we're on it, we hear about different preachers that have fallen into different sexual sin. Yeah. And every public sin that we hear about is the result of a thousand private failings. Mm-hmm. And every private sin is actually an open spectacle in heaven. And as our pastor says, we treat sin like a cream puff and we need to treat it like a rattlesnake. And it begins inside the mind. That yeah. we cannot begin to dress something up inside of our mind. It'll get blown out of proportion. Set right. our mind on those things above. And, and we all know how easy treats cream puffs. <laughs> oh, That's right. I destroy them. Yeah, you know, Oscar, it's funny. I was thinking when you're talking about gym etiquette and stuff, isn't there a gym where if you like throw down your bar or something or-, or Planet like, Fitness? What is it? Planet Fitness, yeah. isn't it? Don't they like that alarm? Rah, rah, no way, goes really? Off? Yeah, right, Mark, you've seen that. 
I think an alarm goes off and it's because you're trying, you're showing off or something. Or, yeah, supposedly. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, you know, the verse that, um, that comes to mind is, uh, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And honestly, in those moments, that's, that's what I tend to challenge myself. Like my, what's the word I'm looking for? My, my stress test for my own mental capacity is what, what does this thought want to give birth to? Mm. Is it sin? Then I need to reorient my, my thoughts to the Lord. Mm. You, you know, like to, to be proactive, yeah. to think like how, again, like my, in that moment at the gym, my ego, suddenly I'm the, the arbiter of how right. people should act at the gym. Right. You know, like who, who do I think that I am? What a great thought that is that you listen to that seed and say, what tree is this going to make? Mm. Oh, that's good. You know, I like in Matthew, Matthew encourages us to not worry about our life, but I like the way it's worded in the King James. Do not put a thought in your head concerning your life. Oh, that's good. So, Ray, Philippians 4, 8, finally, mm. brethren, <laughs> finally, mm. there I it is. <laughs> finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. What's that mean, Ray? Open that up for us. Yeah, what I like to do is grab each word and chew it over and break it apart and mm. see what gold nugget is inside that rock. Yeah. What sort of things are true? What are the things that are true? We live in a world of a changing world where truth is just so elusive. And we looked at the truth of scripture. What does scripture say about homosexuality, adultery, fornication, pornography, and all these things that the world is so wavery on? We've got we've got a rock we can look to. What sort of things are noble? Well, the most noble thing you can do is tell someone how to find everlasting life. There's lots of noble things we can become involved in, feeding the poor, yeah. you know, helping the sick, praying for people. But the most noble thing is to proclaim the gospel. Only Amen. there's one only one, one place in the Bible where it speaks of feet being beautiful. You know, you take off your shoe and look at those feet. <laughs> they're really just these hairy things, and on the end is a reject jelly bean. This like <laughs> tiny little toe on the end that doesn't even know which way it's supposed to point. <laughs> it's just really, yeah. Have you been looking at my feet? Yeah, uh, yeah. and seriously, uh. and the, if the ugly part of us is our lowly, smelly feet, and God says they're beautiful if you preach the gospel. Mm. So that's the most noble thing the church can do. Um, what sort of things are just? We should love justice because our God is the habitation of justice. Oh, how I love your law. What sort of things are pure? We should have a love of righteousness and purity and truth and things that are right and good. And what sort of things are lovely? And I think this is interesting because that's such a such a word with connotations. We just think, what's sort of lovely? Well, that could be a beautiful woman. And it just made me think how God esteems that which is a beauty that's incorruptible. That's what the Bible says, an incorruptible beauty, not the outward beauty. And my heart breaks for beautiful movie stars that are known and are famous for their beauty. And when that beauty fades and that leaf withers, they are thrown aside. Yeah. And everyone compares to what you used to look like, like, ugh, yeah. how cruel is that for a woman? Mm. But what we need to do is cultivate the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is a beauty that's incorruptible. It's a leaf that doesn't wither in the sight of God. Yeah. All flesh is as grass, mm. and its glory is uh, like the grass that withers when the sun comes out. That's describing the whole of humanity. Wow, that's that's such powerful truth, Ray. And I think that the struggle that a lot of people have, which is what I want us to really kind of explore together today, and I think we've answered it in part by talking about what, what you put in your mind, but 
there are those struggles that believers have with unwanted thoughts. Because a thought is not so much like an action, right? Like, for example, if I struggle with gambling, I can decide to not go into the casino. You know, if I struggle with maybe gluttony, I cannot go to the buffet restaurants. But a thought, it just flies into your mind. And I think there are some Christians sometimes that feel like they're going to lose their mind because of the thoughts that fill their head. Ray? Have you ever been lost in thought? Where you absolutely get lost, where you drive through a set of lights and you do not remember if it was red or green. I, worse than that, I, I, I'm so lost in thought sometimes, I can't remember if I put on my deodorant. Yep. I can't remember if I brushed my I teeth. I have that too. I can't remember <laughs> if you put your deodorant on or not. <laughs> I can tell you no, right there now. There are times, seriously, I have to go back and feel my toothbrush yeah. if it's wet or uh, not. Uh, uh, yeah. I, that's how I get, like when I get to work sometimes, I'm like, I don't remember my drive to work, Yeah, which is kind of scary. It is. You know, I don't remember getting on, like moving from the five to the 91. I don't remember So when you getting... look back, it's because you were lost in thought. Yeah. And I, I liken thought to lungs. Hmm. Lungs breathe in the fresh and breathe out the filthy, the yeah. bad air. And that's what thoughts can do. You breathe in and breathe out. This is 24-7. Your brain is thinking thoughts 24-7. You have no control over it like you don't have control over your lungs. In, out, in, out. Mm. And so there's thoughts in coming in, in and out. Let's go. Close <laughs> oh, this. You did close it to this me, podcast. Man. But seriously, oh. we've got no control over our thoughts. Even when you go to sleep, those thoughts continue mm. and transfer into images. So you've got a big screen TV. Your These thoughts are actually becoming manifest. So... Once again, it comes back to the whole thought that, 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 <laughs> that you guard your heart with all diligence because our thoughts aren't just coming from our own heart. They're coming from spiritual powers that come in, and that's why we need the helmet of salvation and say, we belong to the Lord. We're new creatures in Christ. I will not engage that thought because that's going to end up on the tree of adultery if I let that seed get in my heart. You nailed it right there, Ray. And I think... This, I hope, will be an encouragement to our friends out there who are listening right now and going, yeah, but you don't understand. I'm sitting in church and all these filthy things come into my mind. Or I see someone that that hurt me in the past and I committed to forgive them, but all these thoughts of what they did and all this bitterness and you know all, all these things coming out, whatever it is, right? Whatever the nature of the thought is, you know that there is a difference between the thought popping into your mind and you letting go of the reins of resistance and going with that thought and the thought popping into your mind and you truly in your heart want nothing to do with it. You know what my consolation is, honestly? And we've talked about it, right? People often say, oh, the Lord knows my heart. Like God knows my heart. Like that's a good thing, yeah. right? But we've talked about the, the negative element of that, that yes, God knows your heart, that it's wicked and wretched. That doesn't change the fact that that's what our heart is. But Knowing that God knows our heart in that regard is a solace because he knows I really don't want that. Mm. He knows that I truly want to please him. And this is a Galatians 5 battle, right? The flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another so that you may not do that which you please. That you is that spiritual part of you that's been regenerated that wants to please the Lord. And so I think it's an issue of determining not to let go of those reins of resistance and to do something at that moment you know, when you are tempted with that thought, I think it's the whole, was it Martin Luther thing? You can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep it from nesting in your hair. Was that Spurgeon or did, uh, Luther? I thought it was Luther, but maybe it was Spurgeon. Maybe it was Spurgeon. <laughs> <laughs> Lurgeon. <laughs> 
Yeah. So does that make sense, you guys? I mean, I, I there's times I'm bombarded by thoughts. Yeah. yeah. That's why we need to attack these thoughts, depending on what they are, attack them with scripture, right? Yeah. We come across people that are just so weighted down by things that they did from yesteryear that the condemnation is so heavy that they can't sleep at night and function during the day. Mm. So therefore, you know, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You need to combat the different thoughts that are appropriate. A, a, a lustful image comes your way. You begin to quote something out of Psalm 119, perhaps, but this is how you do it. This is how we fight. The army of God marches forward on their knees. Mm. And when we see Jesus, when he was tempted inside the wilderness, he had the appropriate text for the appropriate temptation, right? right? And we do the same thing. And while we're talking about condemnation, uh, I I love this uh, quote from R.C. Sproul uh, when he was uh, asked the question, what do you do with people that are feeling condemned? And I, I think many, many podcasts ago, I had quoted this, but it's worth repeating. He said, listen, if you still feel condemned, well, then pray to God again. But this time, don't ask him to forgive you for the sin that is haunting you. Rather, ask him to forgive you for insulting his integrity by refusing to accept his forgiveness. Wow. You see, when God promises to forgive his people when they repent, he is not playing games. (laughs) I I love that. So we use scripture to combat the different thoughts and the craziness. And then ultimately, it just comes to the place of, easy, I need your help, man. I'm in a situation. I I cannot think clearly. Will you help me? And, you know, obviously the answer is, yes, I'm there. Whatever I can do to help. Yeah. You know, honestly, it's, uh, you guys, it's a lot like washing dishes. It's lather, rinse, and repeat. You lather uh, in the sense that you remind yourself of the gospel and you bring up God's word. And this is where scripture memorization really helps because what's better than to replace your thoughts with God's thoughts, which is exactly what you do when you start praying and thinking through the word of God in the midst of those moments, you replace your thoughts with the thoughts that God has given to you through his word. And so lather, rinse, repeat for me, it's, it's remind myself of the gospel that I'm forgiven, rinse myself, bring in God's word in that moment, and then repeat. Do that over and over and over again until you cleanse yourself of whatever whatever it is, whether it's thoughts of pride, anger, envy, lust, whatever it may be, to be able to replace your thoughts with the thoughts of God. But that starts with the investment you make in knowing God's word, reading through it daily, meditating on it, memorizing it. That's where that comes in handy yeah. on a practical standpoint. Yeah. And that's that Psalm 1 principle that, Ray, you often bring about, right? If we meditate on the Word of God day and night, we'll be like that tree firmly planted by the rivers of water. You bring forth your fruit in season. Your leaf won't wither, and whatever you do will prosper. I tell young men all the time, you will not survive in today's day and age with the internet and in the onslaught of temptation, with girls not wearing anything. We live at the beach, Right. Mm-hmm off a 10-minute devotion. Your 10-minute devo makes the enemy laugh. We need to be fine meditating through God's Word all day, all night. Mm. I'll tell you what, guys. I found like the most amazing thing on Amazon, and my kids laugh at me because when I see something <laughs> that is like semi-cool, I'm going to buy it. Yeah, I'm going to buy it. And I saw this advert on Instagram for this headband with these little micro speakers that are sewn into the headband and you can charge it. So I've been listening to scripture uh, while I sleep with his headband with his headband on, and it's absolutely amazing. So last night I listened to Proverbs twenty-two, 
probably however many times from 11 p.m. until repeat? 5 in the morning, right? Just on repeat. Wow. It's just continually getting inside <laughs> of me until you wake up in the night, and you're just quoting it. Because wow. it's just on <laughs> And because you have your headband on, you're ready for a jog in the middle of the night. Ready for that <laughs> jog. So choose. <laughs> won't so have good. cold ears. I kind of, if I found it, I'm, a, I'm on Amazon, but I that <laughs> it? Of course. looking for it. That sounds really neat. Yeah. Perhaps I'm not certain. Anyway, what you said about repeat, the guy that thought of that when it comes to shampoo made a billion dollars. All you do is put on your shampoo bottle, <laughs> repeat. So use twice as much and you make much. You know, is that, that why I go through a bottle every time I get in the That's shower? That's it. You really don't need to repeat, but it says repeat, so I'll repeat it. Yeah. So you do it twice. My bottle says repeat six times. <laughs> That's, That's what I I'm do. not surprised. Okay, yeah. you send me a link, Mark. So yeah. Ray, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, oh, casting yes. down arguments. <laughs> There's the one. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's why it's so important to have the right knowledge of God, because you won't cast it down if your knowledge of God isn't biblical, isn't correct, if you don't fear mm. God, if you don't tremble at his presence, you won't right. cast that down. That's yeah. exactly what Scripture tells us in John 4, that we must worship him in spirit and in truth, have a right understanding of who God is and how he responds to situations and circumstances. Yeah. You know, there was, somebody came to me and said, hey, will you pray for me that I won't be tempted anymore? I'm like, <laughs> no, it, it, you, you don't understand how <laughs> this world to being works. human. <laughs> right? That, that's not how it works. We need to deal with how do we deal with those temptations. Good, yeah. yeah. And we, we know that and learn that through, uh, through scripture. Yeah. I think, guys, obviously, okay, so you have the element of, I'm getting thoughts that I really don't want. I don't want to have these hateful or envious or jealous or lustful thoughts, but they're coming into my mind. They, they can come in at any time. I, I, I can't stop them, so to speak. We talked about how, how you know, we can handle it in part when, when they do come, but don't you guys think Mm-hmm. that how <laughs> oh man are we gonna get through this podcast <laughs> welcome to the third podcast today. Uh, but don't don't you guys really think that we can also do things that can minimize these kinds of thoughts Absolutely. and fuel good thoughts instead yes cram your mind with the word of god yeah i don't know i might be wrong here but did satan speak to Jesus and the temptation audibly, or were these his thoughts like we get? He was tempted in all points such as us. I don't know, but I was thinking the word of God came back from Jesus instantly with those suggestions or thoughts, and we need to do exactly the same. When when they come, use the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Mark, I love what you said earlier about the reality that temptation is going to be part of the, a part of our, our rest, the rest of our fallen experience until the day of our glorification on the other side of eternity. However, those who invest themselves in their sanctifying process by reading and praying and confessing and repenting and reading and praying and meditating, like my temptations, my thoughts look so different than they did when I became a new believer, right? Yeah. Like I'm not tempted the same way. I'm not saying I'm not tempted at all, right. but my temptations look very different because I'm not drinking that baby milk anymore because we've grown and matured and we understand God's word and we've saturated. In other words, there's almost like a detoxing of the mind that happens from the day you become born again until the day you die. But that detoxing process should be progressing to your benefit and to the glory of God and to the good of your sanity, if you will. But that takes with investing. How are you detoxing your mind? I love what you talk about in regards to the 
the warehouses and and like what do you and I think that's applicable. I know you you talk about it with kids. I think that's applicable for for believers. Like as a new believer, I have a warehouse in my mind, and what am I going to fill those shelves yeah. with? Am I filling it with God's word that I'm able to pull from in a moment of temptation? Right. That's right. Yeah. And this is exactly what Colossians three verse two says: Set your minds on those things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Mm. When Christ who is our life is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. There is the admonition and the commission from Paul. Listen, set your mind on the things that matter, which is really the only things from above. So practically, what is that for you, Mark? What does it look like to set your mind? Does it look like I go to, yeah, I set my mind. I go to church for an hour once a week. There I am setting my mind. Practically, yeah. what does it look yeah, like well, to do that? Well, that's good. I mean, you go to church that once a week if that's that's what you do, but it's that moment by moment, right? It's not, we, we flee youthful lusts, right? I'm, I'm going to run from the devil, if you would, but it's not like he's going to go, oh, well, he's taking off running. I'm just going to let him go. No, he's waiting for that opportune time. The enemy who has studied us for thousands of years, is waiting for that opportune time to come and tempt us again, maybe in a different fashion or a different way. This is where we get back to Psalm chapter 1. We are meditating continually on God's Word, and I don't put myself in situations where I'm tempting the enemy to tempt me, right? I'm not going to be watching movies that are atrocious, right? I watched a movie last night with uh, my wife dealing with the life of... um, who, that eccentric billionaire who uh, didn't want to pay the ransom for his grandson. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Jay, uh, Jay Paul Getty? Uh, yeah, Jay Paul Getty. Oh, Jay Paul Getty. Getty. Getty yeah, yeah, right? uh, so we, we watched this, and there's this part where the, the boy's ear is actually being uh, cut off, right? It's all Hollywood. You know, we couldn't watch it. Right, we we actually had to look away. Now we're talking uh, clear play and VidAngel, and we do whatever we need to do in order to watch what we're going to watch. But still. I'm not going to watch things that are going to put imagery inside my mind, you know? So moment by moment, I want to set my mind on the things that are above. And if you, for example, might say something that's uh, perhaps distasteful to some degree, I, in love, will speak the truth and say, hey, there's a better way. That's good. There's a better way to handle this situation. And you go, oh, yeah. And then you repeat it. Or, you know, you, you tell me, hey, Mark, you could have handled that a little bit better when you dealt with that situation or that sales clerk or that joke. I don't think that that really... You know, is the right way for you to respond. So we've talked about it, but we have not zeroed in on the problem that probably most guys are facing now, that is unwanted sexual thoughts. Right. Lust and pornographic thoughts and images of the past that come back and just come, give you a full flat screen right on your mind. What do you do with those? Well, I, 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 someone wrote to me the other day and said they just want to grow as a new Christian and they keep having these images and they're drawn back to pornography again and again. I said, well, you're making provision for the flesh. Mm. You can go back to pornography. You should have cut that off so you've got no way you can get to that pornography. What is it that you've got? Is it your phone that you can just get access to that pornography just like that? That's making provision for the flesh. And the Bible says, make no provision for the flesh. Mm. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out, Mm. oyster, and toss it from you. And don't leave it around where you can put it back in again. Jesus said to toss that eye from you. And you think about the imagery. I mean, I'd rather lose all my fingers than an eye. Yeah. You know, I'd rather lose a hand or an arm than an eye to have it plucked out, Mm. pluck it out myself. But Jesus is saying, sin is that serious that you should treat it with that sort of sobriety. Yeah, that's that's so key, Ray. You know, one of my favorite words in the English language is the word. The. 
<laughs> I mean, power. Uh, uh, it's the word catalyst. And, and the word catalyst is defined as a, a thing that precipitates an event. Mm. So, you know, a catalyst is, it, it's kind of like that chemical agent that triggers something else to happen. You know, sometimes you'll see experiments being done and they'll add a drop of something and, you know, or like you, you've seen the ones with the Coke and they drop the Mentos in right. and boom, that's a catalyst that activated something else. And there are oh, so many. I always thought it was the list of cattle that farmers owned. <laughs> no, 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 seriously, <laughs> easy as dogmatic about catalysts. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but, but it's like, it is something that triggers something else. And I think there are a lot of catalytic agents that that we have in our lives that lead to good. thoughts of that sort and of that kind. You know, Jerry Bridges, he put it well, he said, holiness begins in our minds and works out to our actions. That being true, what we allow to enter our minds is critically important. The television programs we watch, the movies we may attend, the books and magazines we read, the music we listen to, and the conversations we have all affect our minds. We need to evaluate the effects of these avenues honestly using Philippians 4.8, which we already quoted as a standard. Are the thoughts stimulated by these various avenues true? Are they pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy? And look, I think sometimes we look like really, pardon the word, but we look, you know, really idiotic when we act like we're shocked that we're constantly bombarded by these tormenting thoughts when we're filling our minds, we're feeding it, we're we're putting in its storehouse and its reservoir all these foolish, filthy thoughts that are in movies and TVs and magazines and radio. Mm -hmm. Um, And we only reap it because we've sowed it. Exactly. And then we're sitting there and all these things are coming out. Like, oh, I'm having all these nightmares. Um, But yeah, I did watch 50 horror movies this year, right. Uh, <laughs> duh, right? right? Or I'm having all these you know, lustful thoughts and I'm watching all these movies with steamy scenes in it. Forget even pornography, right? Because mm. people think, oh, I'm not looking at pornography. But Ray, I, I love what you talk about. That You had a, an, an illustration where you talked about like looking into your neighbors. Yeah, it's like, Share uh, that. yeah, I'd ask people on, on the streets of Hollywood, if you saw you were making love with your wife and the curtains pulled back and you saw some guy peeping in, mm. what would you do? They say, I'd call the police because he's a peeping Tom, he's a pervert. So you watch, you watch R-rated movies? So what do you do with the <laughs> so sex scenes? Because you're peeping in on other people making love That's and you're so getting good. off on it. Yeah. And I say, what's the difference between the two of you? And I say, the difference is that you're paying for it. Wow. <laughs> That's the difference. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's heavy, and it's true, and it's convicting. And friends, look, we're not arbiters here of what you watch and what you do. It's not about legalism. It's it's really about what Scripture says. And if you're a person listening now and you're saying, man, I have a battle with my thought life. I have all these unwanted thoughts. Well, they're not really unwanted if you're putting thoughts of that sort in your mind from different sources. So your your brain is going to take those, and it's going to twist them and turn them and mold them into other forms of thoughts related to that. And they're going to torment you. So, you know, it's so critically important to take a look at, at what you're consuming. And I think consumption is almost something that needs to be a part of our regular discipleship practices to help people understand how to consume from a media perspective. And I know I've mentioned it before on the podcast, But a great book is The Wisdom Pyramid by Brett McCracken, in which he breaks up what it looks like to be consumers and what we consume on a regular basis. And one of the aspects that's a reality is that in the 70s, you saw between 80 to 120 advertisements a day. 
Today, between six and 10,000 advertisements a day is what they say the average person consumes, which to your point, easy, is that it's like if somebody were to come up to me and we're like, hey, you know, I I really want to start eating healthy, but I don't get it. I just keep gaining weight. And I go, okay, well, tell me about your food. Well, you know, I eat whatever I want Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Sunday morning I have a salad. (laughs) Why am I not losing weight? (laughs) (laughs) A soup and salad, though. Why am I not losing weight? Would you think that one healthy meal a week is going to make up for all the other stuff that you're consuming? And it's in that same way for us, we have to realize in this modern day where we're always plugged into content through our phones, whether it's podcasts or music or social media, television for some, we are consuming something and whatever we consume is shaping our hearts and our thought lives, which means... If you are currently unsatisfied with your thought life, if you are currently unsatisfied with your prayer life, with the time that you spend with the Lord, is it possible that you've been starving yourself of the nectar of God's word by assuming that one hour on Sunday is enough for you? Speaking Mm -hmm. of that, I heard of a lady in Fiji many years ago who went on a Weight Watchers diet where they actually supplied the food. And she tried it and didn't lose weight. That's because she just added it to a normal food. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? I'm serious. That? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, guys, this is, man, this is such good stuff. You know, it's, we, we've lost total, total sense of cause and effect. We really have. I mean, I remember learning that in school very distinctly. There are very few things I remember in school <laughs> because I was, you know, I, I was just crazy as a gangster and then, you know, getting expelled and kicked out. The two things easy learned is how to forge his mom's signature and cause and effect. <laughs> cause and effect, right. <laughs> but really though, I remember that really stuck with me. Like, oh, to every cause, there's an effect. Because I did this, here's the effect I end up with. And so we have to, we have to remember that and not be fools, not, not you know, be self-deceived. There, there's no greater folly than self-deception. You guys know that the proverb talks about how in vain is a net spread in the eye of any bird, which means if you're standing there with with a trap for the bird and it sees you, it's not going to come over to you, right? I mean, you got to be wise in how you set that trap. But not only that easy, we've got an aviary at home, you know, the window, we've got natural aviary. If we put any bird feeder out, it's three days at least before a bird will go into that feeder and have somebody, because they're very cautious. But see, our problem is, is we set our own trap and then we walk in it. Oh, wow. Like, how <laughs> stupid do you got to be? Yeah. You, you, you set that trap. You know, like. Can so. I quote you on that? <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Can, can I uh, address something really quick as you, before you finish things up yeah, here? Yeah. On um, people who have such a marred past mm. to what he, uh, Ray was talking about earlier, that you can almost replay things play by play inside your mind. You just cannot get away from things that you've done, mm. that you're continually haunted and uh, reminded of things that you've done. And uh, I have uh, part of a sermon entitled The Defeated Christian. I have a little section, and it's going to go really, really quick, just a few sentences sure. here. God does not want to remove your memories. He wants to redeem them, right? God does not desire to give you amnesia so you forget your past, but rather he wants to give you a renewed mind with a faith to hear him triumphantly proclaim, I don't condemn you, my friend. Mm. He doesn't want to erase your memory. He wants to erase your record. Remember, your Redeemer is bigger than your past. God may forgive your past, but he doesn't waste it, right? So the whole idea is 
you may have a warehouse in your mind filled with things that you have done, but he who is forgiven much loves much. Allow the things that you have done in the past to push you towards the greatness of being used by God and remembering that it is by grace we are saved through faith, not of works, not yeah. of yourself, so that you don't boast yeah. inside this life. Amen. Amen. And and you know, again, it, it's taking those steps. We talked about on the last podcast, like we we say that we want to get over certain sins, but then we entertain them and we treat them like friends, like that, you know, like that cream puff when it's really a rattlesnake. And we have to take those those determined steps. Robert Layton said, you must keep your memory clean and pure as it were a wedlock chamber from all strange thoughts, fancies, and imaginations. And it must be trimmed and adorned with holy meditations and virtues of Christ's holy crucified life and passion that God may continually and ever rest therein. I love that. It's like the cleaning of the chamber of your mind. And, you know, again, and a lot of us, we don't need to look at pornography presently, or we don't need to entertain ourselves with things that are full of violence and, and bitterness and anger or whatever. We have a lot of that in, from our past, but God redeems our mind and he can begin to cleanse it and he can begin to replace those thoughts with good ones and can give you that self-control to, to, to determine to walk in holiness and, and purity. J.C. Rowell said, imagination is a hotbed where this sin is too often hatched. Guard your thoughts and there will be little fear about your actions. Mm. Thoughts are the parents of words and deeds. Thoughts are the parents of words and wow. deeds. And so again, let, let's, let's not be fools. That's why, you know, in part I wrote my book, Fight Like a Man, a bold biblical battle plan for personal purity. It's to give men something to do with their minds when they're tempted with sexual sins. And I have the six C's in there that, that men can meditate on and, and, and go through as they're facing temptation. Then the whole nope principle, not one peak even. And, and to just train yourself that way. Because if you're going through your day and you see women in front of you and you look and you lust and something comes up on TV and you look at it and stare at it, you look at billboards, that's all fodder. That's, those are all seeds you're planting that are gonna burst forth later on in your quiet moments and they're gonna haunt you. So cut that off there and be a man who disciplines himself for yeah, godliness. Gasoline and there's gonna be a match struck a little later on. Yeah, that's good, right? Exactly. Well, there you have it, friends. Another one for the history books. Guys, we've done a lot of these now, these podcasty thingies. How many? Are we close to 200? <laughs> a lot. Mm. I think this was maybe 139. Yeah, 139. And friends, thank you. You've kept this as one of the top podcasts in the entire world. And uh, it's number a joy. one in Pakistan. Thank <laughs> we you, were friends recently number in Pakistan. One. Yeah, for number Christian. two on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> for Christian podcasts, we were number one in Pakistan recently. Wait, while we're talking about it, I mean, what can people do to get this podcast out there? And why is it so important for people to give it a star rating? We talk about that, right, Oscar? Why do people leave a comments? Why is that important? Is that just a stroke to our ego? Is that a pat on our back? What do the algorithms, the Spotify world do with those things? Well, yeah, that's a really good question, Mark. First and foremost, I think for us personally, it's not an ego thing, a pat on the back, but it's relational. It's really fun to hear back from you. And it's encouraging. And it, it's very encouraging. encouraging. It means a lot. We would love to hang out with every single one of you. We don't get to, but to see your guys' comments, yeah. to know that you are listening, really it's such a blessing. So thank you for that. Not an ego way, just... Just, it makes it feel like we're together on this. And then to your point, there's also a strategy behind it. The more you listen, the more you share it, the more you comment, 
Subscribe is the number one thing. The more it becomes searchable. So let's say, for example, you know, we just did one on unwanted thoughts. Next time somebody goes out there and searches, what do I do with unwanted thoughts? What it does is it triggers this biblical Bible-shaped conversation that we just had to come at the top of the SEO and the top of the algorithm so they listen to us. And man, we are top rated in some interesting categories, not just Christianity, but religion in general. Yeah, religion which, and spirituality. We're right, right at the top. Which means there's a lot of podcasts out there that are not foundationally biblical, yeah. that aren't meant for God's glory. And they could come across those instead of this one. And so ultimately, it's almost an act of evangelism that you support this podcast because others will find it too. And we've already heard, I mean, we had a comment just a few podcasts ago that a non-believer is listening. Yeah. And by the grace of God, we will one day be able to call that person a brother. You know what encouraged me about that young man that I mentioned before, Avaro, that, that came to our church, who's listened to every single one of the podcasts. He's 15, Great. and he talked about how this, the, the, the podcast is stirring him to share the gospel with other people. And I, I mean, those, how do you, you know, for us, we're, we know ourselves, we're just a bunch of doofuses, right? I mean, we, we, <laughs> we love the Lord, but we're just, we're just normal men. But, but when we hear that God has used us to touch someone else's life, then mm. there are just no words. Right. So friends, there you have it. So the, your comments matter. We tell you leave comments all the time, but they really do impact things. And also giving us a rating by God's grace, again, for, from the many ratings we've gotten, we're still at five stars. Keep that there and then share it with other people. And let us know your thoughts at podcast.livingwaters.com. And remember, what your nose shows book and the Evidence Study Bible at livingwaters.com. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters podcast. Where? Mark, are you mocking me? We have no idea <laughs> what we're doing. Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too, those of you who are listening. Just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters Podcast.